Welcome back to a new Waterwave TV interview. As you can tell by the t the title, today we have CLM Kevlo, also known as Man Bun in the Building. He's going to talk about going on tour, CLM, what he does for CLM, and how he even got to where he is today. We're going to learn a lot more about that just after this intro. You might as well roll it. And what you at keeping this shit, go ahead to youtube.com backslash Waterwave TV and subscribe to that shit. Yeah. Know the waves in it, baseball we're hitting a home run hitter with the coldest rings, and even on my bad days, I'm a clutch to finish the track diminished, the booth burnt hands is itching. Damn. Thank you guys so much for watching this podcast. Oh, we're gonna take a quick break to shout out the thing up there. There you go. You almost got the northern chill at the beginning. How's you how you doing? Good man, how you doing? Good. <laughs> you almost got the northern chill right away. But today we got Kev Lowe in the building. Yes, sir. Also known as Man Bun in the title. Uh -huh. As you can tell, he came prepared. <laughs> for the type to have the right title i always do man i always got the bun on me everyone knows that mm -hmm. i tried a man bun for a little bit but i don't have enough hair up top and that was probably a reason why i lost some of my hairs because i was pulling on it too hard trying to make a man bun of it but yeah dude it was dude it was like a four-year process so yeah. just to get a bun that's and just to maintain goes. it yeah dude that's what i'm trying to get right now that's yeah. why i'm having this little stubble yeah. i literally tried like three weeks ago growing this beard out you know what I mean? Trying. It's a hard game, bro. Yeah. My thing with the beard is I couldn't grow the, the top part for a while, so I just kept shaving that. Yeah. Kind of how you have it right now, and then mm -hmm. eventually the top part just thickened up. That's literally what I'm about to Like, I'm doing beard oils. I'm doing everything I can possible mm -hmm. to grow that bitch. Taking yeah. vitamins, everything. I've been getting into the beard oil. I didn't even take like, do much with beard oil at all when I first started. Oh, bro. I didn't. I didn't really know much about taking care of a beard, but I've more learned. Like, I, th the oils help take care of it, but I don't mind just kind of growing its own, but... Besides the beards and man buns, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're here today with you, uh, the director of operations at CLM Presents, tour yes, manager sir. for Dizzy Hippie A&R at the New Age Music Distro. Mm -hmm. You also do some photography and you have your own podcast. Yes, sir. So you got a man of a lot of trades. Yep, and then I also just picked up being business development for a Twin Cities-based security company called Rothman Security Services. Okay. Shout out Rothman. Um, I do a lot of stuff, man. I, I've been like a part of the Minneapolis scene since I was 16 mm -hmm. and I'm 26 now. So That's I've been cool. in it for about a decade. So a lot of these older cats that like, people are now just kind of like talking to and realizing and some of the, the biggest point of contacts out here I've been working with since the beginning. Yeah. And that's how I even got to where I am is just with that older network. Yeah. I don't, I'll be honest. I watch you guys' stuff just to learn the newer local scene. Cause yeah. I'm totally out of tune, which is like embarrassing to say, but mm -hmm. like, even working with CLM, dude, I'm I'm completely out of tune with the newer scene. That's why I moved back. To be honest, a part of the reason was I didn't have to. I was just like, I want to mm -hmm. learn more about the local scene and make a difference here in Minnesota. You know what I mean? Facts, yeah. And that was honest because I just uh, we just had JS State on the show too, and mm -hmm. that was like a big uh, uh gap, a bri bridge of a gap of like uh, uh generations yep. of like. Uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly what, what you've done and how you've gotten yourself into this position without yeah. it coming off as like a way of like saying. Well, what have you done to get in this position? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, what have you done? I'm curious. You know, mm -hmm. like, this is the conversation. These are the times to have it. But, yeah, 10 years, that's a, that's, that is a long time to be in the same industry. And all yes, your sir. all the things you're kind of doing is kind of all in the entertainment industry, right? Yeah, You kind of stayed around entertainment. Yeah. Uh, when did you know you wanted to get into, like, the entertainment industry? Well, to be honest, like, I was a rapper at start, right? Mm -hmm. So from 16 until I was about 21, I was trying to rap here in Minneapolis. I would be in high school doing shows every weekend. When I went to college, at Winona State, even in college, I didn't stop. I was recording in my studio, like the studio in my like little dorm room, and then I would also do shows and come to shows every weekend here in Minneapolis to stay in tune to learn 
who ran it to learn like who were the major players like everything and once you do it enough over the course of years you kind of realize there's a handful of people in like this area that run shit and then you talk to those people get opportunities with them prove yourself and then from there it kind of just led out and branched out to a bigger network to be real Mm -hmm. um and that's all i did though throughout college every weekend i didn't party i went here every weekend slept on my buddy's couch and went to shows if there was a show i'd go to it if it wasn't show that i was performing in you know i'd be in it so from those connections i realized as a rapper when i was like 21 i was like all right dude like it's hard to be an artist you know what i mean like you have to be so different you have to be so consistent Mm -hmm. so i was like fuck being an artist like i'm good at the business side of shit and then so that's when i worked with clm presents i got an offer to be an intern Mm -hmm. taking tickets at the door three years ago that's all i did and then for i did that for uh two shows until kaylin was like or kato is like hey man like you're gonna start running this shit so that's when I started running events through his guidance, through his mentorship. And then now I just am the guy. And that's how I've gotten all my other opportunities, being a tour manager and all the other shit in the entertainment industry was just working with CLM and networking and connecting with people all over. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, you kind of, yeah, you took a lot of the steps like you, ba- you I always tell people you got to go step by step, brick by brick to get yep. to where you want. No one's coming straight. I mean, some people do it depending on now at the social media age where you can have like a big following out of high school and become a club promoter or something. But yeah. not too many people get put in good positions like straight out of high school mm-hmm. just based off of like what they know. Like you kind of have to at least dabble and work your way up in every company or aspect of whatever you're doing. Yeah. Uh, whether it's entertainment or any in the industry, really. Uh, when you're doing ticket sales at the door, uh, were you like always like dreaming about or thinking about uh, being the host or no. being the guy? Or you're just like I'm just trying to get my head in the door and just learn. Yeah, like, to what be was your, what, or you just trying to see free concerts? Like where where was yeah. your mind at at that point? As like how like how old were you when you were doing it when you first? Uh, when I first started with CLM, I was 23. 23. So yeah, yeah, like what was like your mindset? I guess like first getting an intern. Yeah, I mean like at the time I was doing corporate sales. So like I came out of college and I was only concerned with my career in corporate sales to be honest with you. When I got the call from Cato, I was working out at the gym at my corporate office in downtown Minneapolis and at the time I was a logistics coordinator. So I would just call truckers and that's what I would do. And I would you have to develop your own book of business, get your own clients and at that time I had a big client. I had Tires Plus as my main client and I was not concerned with anything else because when you have that big of a client in corporate sales dude, your figures for your salary just take off when you get a big client, right? You go from $35,000 a year to 100K very quickly. And so that's what I was trying to do because I went to college for marketing and sales. And so that's the only thing I was concerned with at the time. And then when I got that call, I was like, you know what? My weekends are free. You know what I mean? It's a Monday through Friday. So let me just do that. Slowly but surely, I was just doing 100% something I hated and, you know, 0% 0% something I, I loved, which was the music industry. I just kept balancing it. That's the best way to tell people. It went from 100, 0 to 50, 50 to 80, 20. And then finally, my second year of CLM, I got a call from Kalen and he was like, bro, I need you full time in this. Like, your help is, you know, I can't have you only do some shows. I can't have you not do every single one, essentially, because mm-hmm. he has no help. CLM is just Kalen, which is Cato Live Music. That's what CLM stands mm. for. So it's Cato Live Music, and then it's just me as a director of operations, and then I brought on our director of media, which is Gage Reagan. And he has his own company, Gage Reagan Productions. So that's like all a CLM. And it just happened to be that way, man. Mm-hmm. Like he gave me an opportunity, I executed well, and then I just I kept getting more responsibility. And now I pretty much damn near run CLM. The only thing I don't do is like 
basically find the headliners, right? Like I'm a part of every part of that conversation. And once the headliner gets booked, I then handle them from there, mm. but I just don't book them because it's not my money. It's CLM's money. It's Cato's money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can't be involved in that aspect of yeah. it, but yeah, so, I pretty much do everything else. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Cause that, that kind of answers a lot of my questions about like who, what's, who is all in CLM. But, yeah. uh, so like when you guys do these tours, yeah. uh, and you'll let's say you do six cities, seven cities, eight cities, up to you know twenty, well, however many. But uh, like for example, I, I bet we've been involved with the riffraff ones in the past, or I've seen you yep. doing the mod sons and now the dizzy uh, dizzy rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how when when you guys are doing all these cities, are you basically from like a business standpoint, are you just paying the artist for every show, renting the venue for every spot, and then just managing the ticket sales, and like that's how you make money, or is there just like a, a profit share with like like a like everybody or how do, how does that, how does that necessarily work not necessarily how you get paid yeah but like how the brand makes money and how the artist makes money and how the venue gets booked and then the tickets are being sold you know what i mean like yeah i've always wondered how tours happen i'm sure it's different for every single level of artist someone compa- like drake compared to someone like going on tour with like a riffraff you know yeah but how does it ha- how do you guys usually go about it well it's no different clm does nothing any different from what you guys have done and what like you know you buy a show right yeah. and instead of maybe doing a door deal that you guys would do yeah. we ask for the other side of the coin so in deals essentially there's like two parts you either do a door deal or you do a guarantee okay. those are your only in between when it comes to booking a headlining artist. It's the same thing with the venue. So with the venue, Cato's had longstanding relationships with the Caboose and other venues in the area, Mm -hmm. Skyway Theater, right? So with those, we just pay the venue, the rental fee, we ask what we need from them uh, in supply, whether that be security, sound, whatever, any special requirements. From there, when, when you book the headliner, you book them for their guarantee plus whatever extra percentages you guys have worked out when it yeah. comes to their merch or when it comes to hospitality, VIP splits, stuff like that. So once you get the agreement set with the headliner and you get the agreement set with the venue, then it's go time for me. Then yeah. essentially with ticket sales, ticketing fees, um, you know, locals and, you know, merch splits and stuff like that. That's how we generate revenue. And then from there, we pay everybody out at the show, venue and artist, and then we move on to the next city. The only difference between one date versus maybe five or six is that in the beginning, when you're sending the offer to the agent, you just tell them, hey, I have these markets and they pick what markets they want from you and then you guys set a price and from there you go in those markets. So like, for example, Adam Calhoun, I have Adam Calhoun in Minneapolis tomorrow and then I have three dates with him after that. So we have four dates in total with Adam Calhoun, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, it's different every time though. I just did a show with Skits Craven three or four days ago and it was a two day run. It was just Iowa and it was Wisconsin and that's Mm -hmm. it. So it really depends how many is just based off of what the agent and what they need for routing. That's it. And then for touring, tour management for me is different now because I've only been doing tour management for Dizzy Wright officially since March, right? So that was the first tour I did with Dizzy. And I, we pretty much hit, I think, 100 dates uh, this year total. And that's made me also busy because they're two different things. Mm-hmm. Tour management and CLM are not in the same boat. Cato yeah. is the manager for Dizzy Wright. And so, therefore, when Dizzy worked with me last year, he handpicked me to be his tour manager and I happened to be affiliated with Cato. So it was like a perfect storm in that sense. You know what I mean? So tour management and what I do for CLM are actually different, even though they may look the same. Because mm-hmm. it's simply yeah, from a viewer's perspective, you're on stage with an artist, you know, that's kind right. of like the perspective that they get behind besides that behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I've always wondered like the best way to set up a tour, like from a financial standpoint and even just from like a, like how does it work well for everyone? Because like, because it's like, 
you you, you just be you gotta yeah. So how you said like you when you're booking the venue, you just basically book out all the venues and then you just make sure the artist has their guarantee and whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe just for every stop to go, and then yep. it's just up to you to make sure that event happens the right way it's supposed to. Yeah, exactly. You make your money on top, and basically. that that's like the primary thing that I started doing before tour management, before anything else. Like my only job was to literally show up, pay everybody, make sure I knew the aspects of all the deals, make the schedule, make sure that the venue's accommodating what the headliner needs, making sure the headliner understands what the venue can and cannot accommodate yeah. and making sure that they know how payment's going to work so that way every expectation when you walk into a show has already been set there's no I don't know what's going on the only thing that throws a wrench in running a show and I'll be completely honest with you is local artists mm-hmm. when you throw local artists on the bill and this is one reason why I wanted to come on here local artists we don't have to book you mm-hmm. like that's the thing the only reason CLM does is because we me and Cato used to be local rappers here in Minneapolis so like we have a special place in our heart for local artists since we were one yeah. right so before we transition into the business we want to give people opportunity but we're not going to give people opportunity if they don't want to grind for it and that's the thing that's the biggest issue that I see to be honest is that people don't want to work mm-hmm. and people wonder well you know do you guys do pay to play no it's very simple we give you amount of tickets which is not a pay to play mm-hmm. you put a deposit in with me to ensure that you're gonna sell those tickets that's my security mm-hmm. therefore I've had many people back out last minute and be like hey I'm not gonna sell these tickets I'm not gonna show up to the show on the day of the show so I go cool not only did you fuck me over but now I have a hundred dollars from you that I can keep because you fucked up mm-hmm. right and it costs money for us to send out tickets it costs money for us to make flyers with your name on it it costs yeah. money so it's like that's one thing I see local artists doing like be appreciative if people are there yielding you opportunity whether it's if it's what you want or not it's not a pay to play structure CLM doesn't do that unless you request that yeah it's it's you you put in work you sell tickets we give you a certain amount of tickets and you've done this with me before with uh, Jake Giller where when you sell those tickets if you sell all of them you make money and your slots covered so and if it's like well what if I can't sell tickets then don't be doing shows because if you can't sell tickets that means your music needs some work then you just you you shouldn't basically be trying to get on that big of a stage for you if you can't sell the tickets because you gotta start on the smaller stages to get the people to be like oh I want to come to your next one you know but you know like the model that uh, CLM does with the openers is like one that I've like definitely thought about as like because I've seen all the ways people you know just charge many different ways yeah but I really do like the way where you're basically you're saying basically let's say Let's say tickets are ten bucks. Here's twenty tickets. Give me, let's just say, one hundred and fifty dollars. Now you can make fifty bucks off these tickets if you want. Right. You know, in in a sense, because uh, it's people are always like in our DMs after we throw a show, like, hey, I guarantee I bring fifty people. You know, it's yeah. like that. Well, it's like, all right, well, <laughs> if you want to buy fifty tickets at uh of half the price, yeah. Um, then there and then there and then I'll give you all fifty tickets. Then like, let's do some business. Then you know, because it's like yeah. you, you guarantee us like the money that's gonna go behind. You know helping us put on this event and you get to make money and you get to have a good night right like everybody gets to win at the end of the day in a sense right. like i was yeah just thinking about basically like adopting that whenever we do book headliners because we do it we haven't did we the only time we put up like a real chunk of money was like when we did bobby raps other mm-hmm. than that we've we, we've gave money to artists but nothing like a uh, like super uh, uh substantial to where i'm like i i feel like maybe adding a couple people that throw some money to be on the yeah. show would be worth it and people were offering to pay for that, but I was like, I don't have the right system in place. I don't want the the the, the event to go bad, and then people be like, that wasn't worth five hundred dollars, or it wasn't yeah, worth two hundred. But that's the thing, like that's relative because I hate when people say that shit because, bro, like it's not my job to put in the work for you. Yeah, it's it's not your job to put in the work for the artist. Like that's the thing, bro. Like 
with with if you're an artist if in Minneapolis anywhere I really don't care where you're based out of because I've worked with artists from Iowa from Wisconsin from Louisville damn near all over the country because I also book tour openers for Dizzy Rides tours so I've worked with artists who are actually ready to buy onto tours and actually go from that local level to okay now I'm in between right now I have some yeah. bread behind me now I have some ownership of my records and now I'm ready to move but I do not like it when people will be like, well, you should be paying me. Well, no, because I've worked with you before and I've given you 40 tickets and 10 were scanned in. Yeah. Like I see how many tickets these locals scan in, meaning when people walk through that door who actually come. You could tell me you sold 50 tickets, but if you scan in five, mm -hmm. what does that tell me? Yeah. And so that's about 99% of people I've ever worked with. The other 1% are the hand few that when I give them 30 tickets, that I get 30 scans and then I get more than 30 people there for them and guess what the biggest thing is when they don't leave after they're done performing yeah do you know how big of a deal that is to people around you if you're a local artist and you come and do your thing and leave right away may not be a big deal but that promoter ain't going to work with you even if you sell the tickets because yeah. now all the people that you told me were going to come and stay for the headliner well all of a sudden they're gone mm -hmm. so then now you just there is no help you know what i'm saying yeah so like there's a lot of stuff where like I put a lot of pressure on artists in general when they work with me because it's about the grind. And if you can't grind in general, and if you think you're already grinding hard enough and you can't grind on the show side of things, then you're not going to grind anywhere else when you get to the level that, that I work with these artists, right? Mm -hmm. When you have to do two tour buses in an SUV and you have a whole team behind you, like, that's a grind every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when I'm tour managing, I'm up for 20 hours a day and I sleep for three to four and I wake up and do it all over again. And I'm yeah. on a tour bus responsible for 10 other guys. There's a grind in this industry. So if artists aren't willing to grind, then don't work with me. And if my opportunities don't work for you, then don't work with us. But yeah. I guarantee you we provide a lot of opportunity. We provide opportunity out of state. We provide opportunities in state. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Sometimes we don't, though. But majority of the time, I'd say we do. Yeah. And I'm not out here making a quick buck off artists either. Like, that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. we, we've set up the structure in CLM where we don't need that money. It's just that that money and that that the supplement that helps supplement the show, like you said, it's just nice to have. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, if you want to get paid off of it, then sell everything that I give you, and you will yield two fifty profit or more. Yeah. And I'm allowing you to sell merch. Some people don't even allow you to sell merch. What what if there's a whole merch area with five headliners there, and then I don't allow you any space? Well, now you can't make money. Yeah. So I'm always willing to help the artist in any way I can. It's just a matter of how hard they want to work. Yeah, yeah, that's the big thing, and I think I think the way you guys do it over at CLM makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, if any artists you need, you see real. the CLM events coming, like they they definitely. Uh, when is this going to be out? Gonna, um, couple weeks. Next, uh, next week. Next week. Yeah. So if it's next week, then I'm probably not gonna on Saturday next week. I think since I. Yeah. And the reason why I mentioned that is because like even now, like I'm not untouchable. Like you hit me up over email is the primary way. I don't do business over social media. You try to hit me up on Snapchat, Instagram, I'm going to revert you right to my email. And if you can't take the extra step to send me an email, that filters out a lot of people to yeah. be real. If you can't send an email. Yeah. No, not, that's how I, people always ask for like promo and I just direct people to the email because I don't like doing too much like money transactions in the DMs just because I don't want people to like, I just because it, one, it's not always me responding in the DMs, and right. like you know, we have people that post on our media page that isn't just me. So it's like that's not the place to be having a conversation with me directly, anyways. It's, it's like the water wave. But DMs, every artist you know? thinks that that's the way. Yeah, and it's like a way that like if I know you personally, like you'll know if you're talking to me. But right. like, but but uh, like just you know to inquire, the DMs is not always the best way. No. But um, no. Uh, speaking of like giving people opportunities, I remember even like when I've gone to like some of the CLM shows, I uh, I've I've seen artists that opened up 
at the shows and then like i still talk to him to this day and it's been like two years so it's like i'm always looking for people that are opening up for these shows because i know that most likely they either had to pay a little bit to get in there so Mm -hmm. that so they and did the ticket thing or just paid or that they're tapped in enough with the people putting on the event that they're worth getting to know right so like getting yourself in these positions does help let's say if you want uh, other you know uh, local music heads to know about you especially yep. if you're in a new market like uh, one person uh, Vinny Bands he opened up I yep. think for Riff Raff when he came yep. he's done a lot of shows and with I still, me I still chop it up with him like on a weekly basis about music so um, Vinny's like, dope like Vinny's done like five or six shows with me yeah. and like so he knows like and the thing is like Vinny quickly realized he knew it wasn't about bullshit mm-hmm. Harlan Jay Harlan's the same way I've done a lot of shows with Jay Harlan I've done shows with Jake Giller over the years I've done a lot of shows with a lot of I could I have a list of local artists that's over 500 600 people long and I have an email list that I've created where it's just like in every single market I'll send out a blast and be like that's again that's something I don't need to do but I do anyway to be like here's opportunity if you want it because mm-hmm. even right now by the time this comes out I still got an opportunity for people to open up for Chris Webby and Echo in fucking Fargo. It's a 20-minute set, like, yeah. and it's a solid set. It's going to be a very big show, good exposure, right? I have opportunities for any artist who wants to go on tour with DJ Paul from 3-6 Mafia. Their management works with me, and they're like, hey, like, we need tour openers, so, so submit people for approval, and I've already had people in there. Like, if you're ready to elevate your career and actually, like, be within the real music industry, the one that everyone is a part of, you know, I'm just being real, like, not, like, the smaller stuff, like, talking like you want to go on a big big tour i just put rsg from rock solid i think it's rock solid music group right yeah and they uh, were just on a tour with me with dizzy yeah i seen that i helped them throughout the whole thing we talked about that a little bit on our show too yeah Uh, we talked about that a little bit about him going on tour dizzy was like tandy and freak and um and they they were cool ass guys but i'll be real when they called me at first they were like i don't know if i can make this work that's the first they'll tell you that that's the first thing jelani told me was like hey bro i don't know if i can do this and i was like listen if you want this let me give you a discounted rate, which is something that I normally wouldn't do, but I'm going to do because you're from Minnesota and I believe in you. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do, what rental cars you need to get. I'm going to tell you what websites for hotels. I helped him walked him through a lot of that process yeah. because if he had questions, oh, I hear it. The rattle. Yeah, I, hear I the think rattle. we can hear it, but I don't think the mic can. No worries. Um, but I helped him do that process because he had questions and he was like, you know what, man, bet like I got you. And so if anyone has any questions about how to go through the process with me, don't be intimidated. Like I'll walk you right through it. And my processes that I've put in place are from other processes that other artists that I've worked with have put in place. So this yeah. is the real industry. You know what I mean? This isn't if my processes seem lengthy, if they seem like, oh, you don't need agreements. Nah, dude, like I'm down pat with it for sure at this point. Fine. But it my minute. It took a minute for sure. Like I'm not here tooting my own horn. Years. It's just that like, yeah, 10 years to get here mm-hmm. full time in this industry for mm-hmm. only the last year. But then I've been really in like the higher level that like I, I want to call it like the elevated from local to what I'm in now yeah. for three years. Yeah. And so you quickly realize like you meet people all over the world. You meet different artists and you learn from different tour managers and different everything. Yeah. So you absorb it all like a sponge. And then I try to bring it home and try to help artists here. Yeah. But it just seems like people are so distracted yeah. here. Yeah. They're very distracted compared to like if I brought my ass to Iowa, do you know how many emails I get from artists in Iowa versus I get in Minnesota? It's like it's like for every one email I get from here, it's like 10 over there. I feel like a lot of people out here feel like they like they're entitled to the opportunity rather than like they need to reach out for the opportunity. Um because people like yeah, even even if you fair. even if you've done a bunch of dope shit and maybe you've been on a show of mine in the past and like we've you know we've talked a lot you still got to reach out like it's yep. like 
I will definitely reach out to some people randomly and be like, yo, like, let's do a show. But like, sometimes like it's hard to remember every single person you've ever networked with, yeah. you know? So it's like, <laughs> or, or like had conversations with or fuck with. So it's like yeah. you reaching out and sending that one DM and I see it's like, like, yo, like, let me know when you got a show coming up. Be like, damn, I haven't seen you live in like a year. That that would be a good, you would be good to put on a show. Like mm-hmm. you just never know like when that, when reaching out and closed mouth, don't get fed type of thing. Yeah, like, exactly. You never know for whatever opportunity you're trying to get. Um, another thing you've done is podcasting. Yes, sir. Um, is is the reason why you took a break was just because you were like moving around and touring a lot or like what was like yeah. I, I seen like there was like a, just a little bit of break recently but it's called Kev's perspective uh, Kev's perspective yeah. yeah um I'm I'm buckling up for this answer because it's it's a lot dude it, I recently have been going through like and this is something I talked about yesterday at an interview yesterday as well about just like my mental health it it's not good <laughs> it's not um the amount of shit that i've i've taken on you know what i mean like in the past year you have to remember a year ago i was only doing clm presents only yeah then i got presented with an opportunity to be an anr for new age distribution who partners with sony records in the orchard so i work with them now i now i do the security thing like i was saying and now i do the biggest almost tour management for dizzy so when i started my podcast it was in covid and i had good connections i got owl city's old bass player on there i got mod sun on there i got some big acts on there based off of the network that i'm in yeah. the real networking connections i have and that was kind of the point of the podcast was to show people like i've i've leveled up you know what i mean my network has gotten way more extensive yeah. i mean i got bonics on there i got oh i damn you got all of go radio on there you know what i mean but it wasn't the greatest quality and that's like the one thing i regret is just doing it too fast i mean within my first 20 episodes they were not the highest quality but i had the crazy ass guests on there you know what i mean and i wasn't good at conversing i wasn't good at podcasting in the beginning and now i've gotten a pretty good hold on it Mm -hmm. so kev's perspective and kevlography my photography stuff are just hobbies man to be real i just promote them because in Kev's perspective in particular, there's a lot of game in there about the music industry, a lot of stories that I've been through that have helped artists, and I know people that tune in, and they're like, dude, these stories help me. They help people identify situations within the industry that they go through. Mm-hmm. So that's all Kev's perspective is, is to show people a different perspective of the industry that I'm now going through, mm-hmm. right? And that's the main point of it. But, um, yeah, it's just the mental health part of it. I stopped doing it because of, you know, picked up a lot of shit. I'm on the road for a hundred days this year, just, just with Dizzy solo, not including the fly-in dates that we do. And then on top of that, doing the CLM stuff outside of it. I mean, bro, I've been going since March and I have not stopped. Yeah. No, I, I haven't stopped. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel that. And I, I, I could, I've never been on the road that long. Cause like I'd be, I'd be getting stressed out, you know, spending a lot of days in here doing this stuff and mm-hmm. working in the store, but I don't do it while traveling. So it's like, yeah, that's like, I I had one thing I'm I would love to to have to do one day but like yeah. I haven't I haven't fully experienced so I don't know exactly exactly how you're feeling but but no, I feel uh yeah touring though man like what what's like the what's like the most stressful thing on tour you know what I mean like what like if there's like one thing that's like oh, we got to do this again today or we oh shit this is gonna happen yeah. again like is there like one thing that's just like if you if you could just pay someone to do it for you or if it, you could just say oh this just like it, it doesn't have to happen like what what would that be. I want to say it, but, like, I don't want Dizzy to be pissed at me, bro. But, like, I love you, Diz, if you're watching this, bro. Um, It's just the last-minute stuff, right? Like, to be honest with you, the most stressful part, and I say love to Diz because Diz knows he tests me on the road. Like, and that's, the like, the relationship between tour manager and artist, right? Like, what if Diz wakes up one morning and goes, hey, man, I don't like the hotel room I'm in. Can I get a new one? Mm. And make sure we get a full refund on this room. And we're at the hotel. 
that, yeah, the last minute change. Just like that alone, and like if you don't successfully get a refund and you don't successfully book the next hotel that is up to what he wants, like to be real, and he's not a diva by any means. Like there's just some things that like when you book a hotel room anywhere, when you're like, let's say you're you've never been to Butte, Montana. Right. And I'm in Butte, Montana, and I've never been there. So I'm booking a hotel room. It's shit. Cool. Now I have to go find another one. Like, that's just like the type of shit. And when I wake up, I'm on four hours of sleep. And then it's just the last minute changes. But the honestly, the biggest fucking stressor is the bus. Because I'm in charge of the driver. I'm in charge of paying him. I'm in charge of routing him. I'm in charge of bus call, which is like when you leave. And then when you arrive, what time you need to leave again in order to get to the next city. But what if you can't get to the next city in time because your driver's sleeping for eight hours and he needs an hour reset? So then now you have to go talk to the venue and be like, hey, I'm not going to be there at loading. I need to be there at this time. Like that is the biggest thing. If that bus is not A1, if it's not clean and if it's not like up to standards with the driver, if you and him aren't communicating, that's the most stressful part is is the the routing everything else like the show is the least stressful thing that once that we get to the show all my guys are on point they're like i know what to do i know how to do this and i give them all the information to make them successful but the bus is fucking terrible damn yeah i didn't even think about like there's so much stuff that you don't think about that happens that definitely happens since i haven't really been through it yeah that does sound pretty stressful, especially last minute shit, or even just like running a little bit, a little late because of some stupid shit. Like I'm a big guy, I hate being late to things that I shouldn't be late for. Like yeah. if I'm ready to go, and then like someone just has to go do something real quick, like I'm like that's like one of my biggest pet peeves, or like wasting time. Yeah, one of my biggest pet peeves. Like if I if I drove somewhere, like we missed a turn and no one said nothing, like tw- and we passed it twenty mm-hmm. minutes ago, and then we got to turn like oh. Yeah. yeah, that's the shit. Like th- those are the type of things that be fucking me up. Well, it's like, bro, I got so many stories like that that would like stress anyone out listening to them. Like mm-hmm. the, the the situations that I've been in, where like we got our tour bus and we get uh, that that bug hit me straight up in the face. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yo, uh, th- that was like not cool. Um, but the bus, bro, like just like having having that shit break down or having any issues with it too like i've had a bus breakdown in la i've had a bus breakdown in hobbs new mexico like and the breakdown situations can be rough like i'll spend two three days and like show reschedules will have to happen and like bro this bug's gonna fucking piss me off um but yeah it's just that type of thing man like uh, the the least stressful part is the show and the getting the money and all that stuff the most stressful part is just fucking getting there man i was just talking to adam calhoun's manager a minute ago and he was telling me how they have two tour buses two full entertainment coaches in an suv they have to coordinate every day that guy's job must be fucking hell every day for 30 40 days straight you're coordinating how to park imagine like you're at you're at skyway theater and your job eric is to fucking make sure parking is good for two tour buses and an SUV, figure out how to do it, man. If you don't get it done, people are going to be pissed at you. Figure it out. You got the agent calling you. You got the artist calling you. You got the artist in your face. Like, that's the job. The answer, man. Yeah, right. and that's the thing. I'm the man with all the answers, and that's yeah. actually where Man Bun came from. Uh, is Dizzy gave me a tour name, so that's where mm-hmm. that's where go. that came from. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask that. There you go. That was yeah. kind of my guess, honestly, because people would be calling me, like, don't be never calling me my name. They call me Wave or Water Wave yeah. or something or beard something with a beard like <laughs> so i was like i'm get i was gonna say to dizzy give you that on tour or something that's yeah. like a nickname but i'm sure it, it took a hot minute but like he basically said everyone is gonna get a tour name and then he just kept calling me man bun over and over again and they were like all right bro you're man bun so that's just when i'm on tour i'm man bun mm-hmm. then when i'm fucking with clm i'm just kevin mm-hmm. so it's just who i am but uh, the identity doesn't matter to me at this point like 
I was just telling my buddy this the other day. Like, I used to crave wanting attention here in Minnesota, to be honest, like, for what I did, for, like, helping artists and be like, why is no one giving me the the flowers? They, they call them around you, right? The flowers yeah. that we need. And all these people are using these terms incorrectly. Bro, like, I don't. I don't care anymore. It, 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 I'm over it. The amount of opportunity I've provided to people, the amount of people I've helped in consultations for free, the amount of artists around here in general that I have put on stages outside of the state to try to get them seen, like, I've done a lot. And now I'm doing distribution. So now on top of that, I'm trying to elevate your streams. Like I'm doing my best to help, but people need to be aware of what we do. You know what I mean? And it gets confusing because I do so many different things. But you want to go on tour, hit me up. You want to do shows, hit me up. You want to get your music on the orchard powered by Sony. Let's talk about it. You want to, you know what I mean? You're a business and you need security. Hit me up. Like we do a lot of stuff. There you go. Uh, One of the last segments I have for you today is kind of like explain that picture on Instagram type Uh of thing. I don't have, I forgot to have Jackson screenshot and get it ready. But uh, for all you uh, watching, if you want to go to his page on his Instagram, it's the picture of him and Modson, your most recent post uh, mm-hmm. when he came to Minneapolis. But oh the first picture that I wanted to ask was the, or I'm guessing this is the original one back in 2013. 2013, yeah. And then obviously it leads to the one of of the one from last week. Hell yeah. Uh, so uh, what's your relationship like with Modson and how was your, uh, uh, I guess, yeah, 2013? There's a long description here so like, yeah. I'd rather you say it than me read it but yeah. yeah nah dude well Mod's my brother for life I know he's, he watches every little thing that I do so shout out Mod man I love you brother um Mod was Mod is the example I give people of your dreams coming true meaning in 2013 that first picture that you showed me that was my first ever show in general we were at station four in St. Paul that place is shut down now and it used to be a metal slash like concert venue, right? And it had these pillars in the middle. It was a horrible fucking place, people could tell you. But a lot of Minnesota artists started there. Station 4, that's where Ma did a lot of his shows. And at that show in particular, he was opening up for Never Shout Never. And I happened to be there. And uh, he was an opener. And I just really fucked with him. I fucked with him and Pat Brown. I was like, man, like I like these guys a lot. And I just got attracted to the brand as a fan. And since 2013, I never missed a Mod Sun show. I was that kid sitting in front of the venue for three to four hours before doors like if doors opened at six i'd find that out and be there at 2 p.m to make sure i'm the first one in there i'm the first one buying merch like i've been a dedicated fan of that guy for a minute and then you know over time our paths kept crossing dude it was wild like i was showing up to his concerts as a fan but then one year he came to my college and happened to open and be the homecoming show at my college right i have no control over that and he just happens to be there and when i was there he gave me a shout out in front of everybody like just being like he's one of my day ones same thing for you know later on that took me that was like 2017 when that happened then in 2020 i happened to uh kato bought some shows from the agent who happened to work with mod and i ran three of Modson shows before covid i mean and and that moment is when he really was like dude like we've crossed paths for seven years at this point whether i was a fan or whether i was just someone that he knew or acquaintances or whatever so me and mod finally just crossed enough paths and had enough conversations where we're like we respect each other and then over time like he's just followed my grind in the past three years he's literally been a daily follower of my stories and just a bro you know what i mean just someone who gives a shit and that picture the last one i just posted was me just showing love at his show i went there would do it do what i normally do i showed up i bought the merch i said hi to his people that i know and then like 
I left. And when I was sitting outside talking to a fan because they recognized me from a different show, Maude walked outside and that was right outside of a tour bus that he was just walking past and was like, hey, dude, what's up, Kev? Like, what's going on, man? I'm glad you fucking came. Mm -hmm. And so we just talked for 20, 30 minutes that he gave me around the people we were with. And that was it. So he believes in my journey and he believes in me as a person. And so that's my relationship with Maude. Nothing more than just at this point we've crossed enough where it's like you're my guy yeah you know what i mean that's really dope because like uh going from basically just being uh finding him out as an opener being a huge fan and then doing a, like a, a lot of tour stops with mm-hmm. him that was what was really cool to me like, yeah dude like i like i don't know who that would be like I, for me like obviously i could pick some really big name but like like going on tour with someone out here would be really fire like I, that like after they because he definitely grew a lot in that you know six yeah. seven years too it's not like he's, you're going on tour with someone that never that's still an opener or something but like nah. you actually did the tour for his tour yep not just all oh, let's go on tour together like let me be your cameraman or something but like no it's, this is your tour like, yeah like we bought three dates and really then i showed him what him i could grow. do you know what i mean and during that time it was funny because when he showed up to the first date we had he didn't realize like because when you're on tour you don't realize who's promoting it you don't yeah. at the promoters the last thing you kind of think about you know that they're your point of contact but you don't know what company it is or what they're about unfortunately because you do it night after night Mm-hmm. So then with Mod when he showed up, he was like, fuck, dude, like you're here. You're you're my promoter tonight. Like it was just a really cool experience of, you know, I have three idols, bro. And it's, you know, my first idol being Mod son, second one being Dizzy Wright, who I happen to work with. And that's no cap. Like these are my idols. And then the third idol I have was Owl City. And a lot of people make fun of me for that one. Mm-hmm. Dude's from Minnesota. Dude's been a part of labels. Dude never got involved in the local scene. He just blew up. Yeah. I respect the fuck out of that. Musical genius, right? He's the last one that I aim to work with. I've worked with Mod. He's my guy. Dizzy, my guy. But I will say he's the last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in talks with his management about his future tour coming up, so yeah, I hope I in, so. I was about to say, do they still go on tour? Cause it's I, been four years, I but mean, he's planning I one. I, say, I haven't tapped in with them since Fireflies, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it's one guy. Like, Adam Young is one guy from Owatonna, Minnesota, right? Yeah. Like, But, like, people think I'm fruity or some shit for liking his music. Bro, like... He is, again, I respect Minnesota locals. It's kind of like Dizzy's the only exception to that. Yeah. Dizzy happens to be just someone that I fucked with for since when I was young. Mm-hmm. And, like, with him, it's just, like I said, I've said this on Jake's old show and the Wiseman show. Like, I respect anyone who can just completely ignore the local scene and blow right past it, yeah. get into the mainstream. Gravy did that. Gravy yeah. really didn't have a lot of experience in the local scene. He did a couple shows. I mean, he opened on one of my shows years ago. Like two and a half years ago, he was opening at the Caboose for artists. But even then, he was getting the same amount of fan love as he's getting now. Like people yeah. loved him back then. And I'm not going to cap. Like I've talked to Gravy about this and I've talked to Tip and I was like, man, who is this fucking guy? Mm-hmm. Like we were like, who is this guy performing, calling himself Young Gravy from Minnesota? But he's one guy that we never heard of and blew right past the local scene. Like you yeah. got to respect that at some point because people here want to break out of it. Mm-hmm. Those two guys completely ignored it. Imagine that. Like I couldn't even ignore it. That's how I got all my connections. Mm-hmm. So I respect the fuck out of that hustle for sure. Well, there you go. According to that, you know, it's, it's basically you, you open up at a CLM event, you're going to be famous. <laughs> yeah, no, but if you want to work with me, you, you're going to work, and I'm going to make sure that we both work together. But, it, again, anyone yeah, no, can tell it's you. Proven, it's proven to work for Graven. Nah, 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 nah. It's the magic on the stage. I will say that if you're just – the main question I get out here is, like, how do I break past the local scene, right? Yeah. Like, how do I do that? Focus on your own shit. 
Don't look at other people's grass. Don't, don't compete with other people. No. Don't compare yourself Fuck to it. other people. And collaborate, bro. Yeah. Like, if it costs a little bit of money to collaborate with your fellow colleagues, then do it because everything is a business. I 100% support people saying, hey, here are my streams, here are my turnouts, and here's the feature price. I have no problem with that. I believe yeah. Plaza should be charging for features. I believe bands like Gaetano and Drury out here who are fucking killing it should be charging for what they do because they're killing it. But if, if you two are on the same level, work together you know what i mean but that's one thing I, I would tell any minnesota artist that's the difference between every other local scene in the united states that i've been a part of is that tapping into all of them they all have more collaboration they all have a better understanding of what's needed to grind and also they're not scared of the grind i feel like here a little bit we're a little scared and we're a little entitled don't get caught up in that shit bro like focus on your own shit fuck everything else fuck the drama fuck the noise is what I call it and just do you and if you need help along that journey you got a question anything hit me up more than happy to help anybody from here 100% there you go that's a great you kind of answered my last two questions and the, my the, fault. the advice no that's perfect I didn't have to say them when I, you're a I podcast, love I don't have to ask because <laughs> I, I was going to ask you you know the Minnesota music scene stuff but uh uh, what 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 do you got coming up next that you want to let them know before we get out of here? Like, what's the what's the next moves for you and CLM? Or yeah, man. Like I said, like I uh, I'm doing the shows I have for the remainder of the year is Chris Webby and Echo and Fargo. Um, I am bringing them here for Halloween night. If you guys don't have tickets for Halloween, October 31st, the annual Chris Webby show that gets near selling out every single year that I've worked it for the past three years. Go to clmpresents.com. Um, but like I said, if you want local opening opportunities, you know, be sure to hit me up. I got a lot of them. You can open up for DJ Paul and Dizzy Wright in Minneapolis. You could open up for Dizzy Wright in Appleton, Wisconsin. If you want to get out of state, I got so many opportunities for opening. Um, and also again, for me personally, that's going on, bro. I'm going to be after the last show I have on November 4th, unless Dizzy calls me and says, I need you for something special occasion. I'm chilling and I'll be available for, like I said, go to my link in my bio on the link tree, schedule a meeting with me. If you have any questions, I'm a very good resource. If you're on the local level and if you are again, wanting to elevate your career, I'm, I'm a very good resource for that for sure. Fire. We'll tap in His Instagram is on the screen right now, as always. Uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram as well at Waterwave TV. Appreciate you for coming in. Appreciate here. you, man. Uh, uh, feel like uh, definitely was trying to get you on here for a while. Not that I was reaching out for a while, but like it was just when the time was right. You yeah. Because every time you're always doing something new. Every time I see you, so it's like shit. There's something yeah. else to talk about whenever he gets on here. So hell yeah. Found a good time to get you in here. Um, shout out to my boy Cadillac, by the way, who gave me the shout out. I know he he, he oh. texted me and was like, "Hey, I just gave you a shout out on Waterwave." I was yeah, like, hey, I appreciate. Yeah, no, you, that bro. was like what uh, actually like sparked in my head. Like, damn, I, I wonder if he's in town because I know you'd be on the road a lot. Just, so. just and it happened, back. and it happened to be like a perfect time. But yeah, check us out in store at 1521 Como Avenue Southeast Minneapolis you can buy Jordans Yeezys Dunks all those type of cool shoes designer supreme babe vintage clothing all used some new all that Come type of here. shit check us out we got a studio you can book with us on waterwavetv.com if your engineer is out of town or he's just being lazy, you can come work with us. Man. Our guys are always in here doing their shit. Um, but, yeah, just book with us 24 hours in advance so we know you come in. And that's it. Subscribe, like, share, all that. Peace out, y'all. Yeah.